Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. You ready for the scripture? You ready for the word of God? Two scriptures for you. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I have preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, and that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he raised on the third day according to the scriptures. I want to read one more scripture to you. Romans 8, 15 through 14 in the New Living Translation. Those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please God. So let your sinful nature control your mind. It leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit living in you you see that if, if you have the spirit living within you. And it says this, and remember that all those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. And church, I just need you to lean in for verse 11. Can we lean in a little bit? Verse 11. This is, this is the scripture that I pray you capture today. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Can somebody celebrate that for a second? The Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. No obligation. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. If you're taking notes today, the title of my message is simply, Still in Control. Still in Control. Turn to the person next to you and say, Still in Control. Still in Control. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that these words that were written thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, Lord, are still alive today. We can still grasp them in our hearts and carry them and live them out. I pray, Lord, that our ears will be open, our hearts will be softened, 
our mindsets will be broken. Whatever we came in with today, that it would just be open. Allow us to receive the word today. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Brianna and I love any chance we get to have people over to our house. It's one of our favorite things. Uh, we're always trying to keep our house ready for people. Any chance we want, we're going to invite people over. And I think one of my favorite parts about having people over is the storytelling. Right? After you get past all like the how was your week, like kind of the awkward conversations that you get through when people first walk in your door. I love the moment when you actually like sit down after food and then you sit there and you're like, okay, so like tell us the story of how you guys got together or tell us the story of how, you know, whatever it is. And, yeah. Uh, there's always like the storyteller in a relationship, right? If you're the storyteller of a relationship, would you just wave your hand? If you're just a storyteller in general, would you raise your hand? You're the person, you show up to anything, you're like, hey, let me just tell my stories. But I love those people. Why? Because they make times when you hang out super entertaining. They, they give you something to be entertained by when you're hanging out with them. And Brianna and I have this, this friend who came into our house with their spouse, and, and they go through this story of how they met and I remember it got to the end of the story, and Brianna and I were laughing so hard. This couple was laughing so hard. It was one of those amazing stories where you weren't expecting the ending, and it just comes at you, and you're, like, laughing, right? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Then it was a couple weeks later. I was out with a couple, couple guys. We were getting some food. And, uh, and I, like, bump it, I bumped the guy. I'm like, dude, you got to tell that story. You know what I'm saying? Because I know the punchline. I know what's going to happen. But I'm like, bro, you got to tell that story. you got to tell everybody here. So I'm like sitting there like on the edge of my seat now because I know the ending. And I'm like about to laugh harder than I laughed the first time because I'm like, we got to make this extra funny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then it was like a couple months later, we had a group of people at our house. And, and this guy goes into the story again. <laughs> and by this point, I'm just lounging back. Like, and I give like the pity laugh at the end of it, right? He gets to the end of it. Oh, yeah, it's a good story, right? <laughs> It's funny, I think that we do that really with everything, with movies and TV shows. And if, if you've seen it before, if you know the ending with stories, if you know the ending, you kind of dis disengage a little bit. Because you know what's going to ha happen. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, I know the ending of this one. I'm just going to back up and disengage a little bit. Wouldn't you say that's the tr truth? And I really think that that's just, just a part of our, our humanity because we do this thing. And here in America, in Florida for real... I'm from the Pacific Northwest where uh, you, you find a church like every couple miles. Here in Florida, there's a church on every single street corner, right? And I would say here in, in America, it would be crazy if any of you would have come in today and you have never heard the name of Jesus. It would be crazy if you would have never seen a cross before. Why? Because there's crosses all over the place, all over TV, everywhere. You would have heard the name of Jesus. It's even safe to assume that maybe you've been to church before. Maybe a Christmas or an Easter, you're coming in. All of us have been maybe to one service today. You've been to one service, so you've heard the name of Jesus, and you know the punchline. You know what's coming at the end. And I think that's what's happening right here in 1 Corinthians. See, see, Paul, it's 25 years after the resurrection of Jesus, and he's writing this scripture to the Corinthian church, and he's simply telling them, hello, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. you. You could imagine, for 25 years of building the church, they've heard this story over and over and over and over again. Why? Because their entire faith was built on it. If, if you came in here today, I'm sure you've heard the resurrection story of Jesus told before. But Paul starts this scripture off. 
He says, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word that I preached to you. See, we need to receive it like it happened today. We need to be reminded of the power of this story like it happened today. See, Paul understands that this gospel message of the death and resurrection is the greatest story ever told. The Easter message, it never gets old. Why? Because it's completely active and ongoing. It's the greatest act of love ever shown. It's the most impactful resurrection of all time. The story is alive and active. The gospel message of Jesus Christ holds just as much power today as it did when it happened, church. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Can I tell you that that statement doesn't have an expiration date? The love of Jesus doesn't have an end date. It just goes on and on and on. We don't need to let this story get old inside of our bones, inside of our souls. This is an eternal love. This isn't a temporary love. So just like Paul wrote, I pray in some way each and every one of us is reminded of this gospel today. That we believe in it and that we can learn to live according to it. And our reaction is to simply relinquish control, just like Romans 8, 5 through 14 said. We got to relinquish control to God. When we first moved to Tampa, we had a little bit more time on our hands because planting a church is very fluid and you don't really uh, have a big schedule. It's kind of whenever people can hang out and whenever you can get into places, you kind of do your work there. And so I remember we had a little bit of extra money at this time, and I asked Brianna, can we get a Nintendo Switch? Because our kids are getting a little bit older, and I want to play some Mario Kart with my kids. You know what I'm saying? So we get this Nintendo Switch, and, and we give Emerson a little bit of time uh, to play this, this game, and I would play it with him. And I actually learned really fast. He's actually really good at video games. At such a young age, he's, he can do some things, and he's about six years old now. But Emerson... He'll play these games, and so we bought him a new game, we bought him a new game, and now he's on this game that's a little bit too hard for him. And so I'll sit there on the couch with him, kind of disengaged from the moment of what's happening, and then, like, really quickly when it gets to something too hard, he just, like, throws the controller at me. <laughs> Dad, do this one. So I'll jump in there, and I will, like, do this thing, and then I'll give him the controller back. I don't know if you've played the new Nintendo Switch, but I think the new Mario uh, is really cheating. Uh, you can turn on, like, auto-drive and auto-steering, Okay. That we're just, we're, we're, we're really messing up this next generation, okay? It's like giving a trophy out at every single, every single game. You're just like, everyone's a winner. My, my little tiny Cece will hold this controller and she gets like third place. And I'm like, this is wrong. But Emerson will throw that controller at me. Dad, do this. And then the moment, the moment that I'm done with it, he reaches over and grabs it back. Wants to do it himself wants to do it. See, this is the same position that God has put each of us in. When it comes to the control of our lives, see, yes, he is God. And at any moment, he could do whatever he wants to do. Could we just be honest and real for a second? So technically, he is in control. And we can believe that. But, church, God has given us free will to choose if we want him to take control or us. You'll hear Christians praying it all the time in prayer. And 
I hear it weekly whenever I'm with people. They'll say that, that phrase. And we believe that you're in control. And I kind of twitch a little bit because I just want to stop them from praying. And like go, but let's talk about that for a second. Because the reality is, is so many Christians are just going through life on autopilot. They're turning on the auto drive. They're turning on the auto steering on Mario Kart for their life and going, it's a cop out. God, you're in control. Just go for it. I just, I, yep, you got it, God. Rather than understanding the power of free will and the fact that God has given you control to simply relinquish control. So rather than saying the phrase, you're in control, why don't we say the phrase, I give you control. Because that should be our reaction. And that's what we read in Romans 8, 5 through 9. Those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So let your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit, do you see that word? Letting the Spirit. Letting the Spirit control your mind leads, leads to life in peace. This could meet so many of the things in our lives. Where we come up against so many trials and tribulations, circumstances. And yet we pull back control. Going on autopilot with this faith journey. Rather than choosing to let the Holy Spirit have full control of our minds. And it says here that it leads to life and peace. How many want life and peace in this place today? Life and peace. We want to live it to the fullest. Jesus died on the cross and he rose again so that we could have life to the fullest. But our response is to let him have control. Verse 8, that's why those who are still in control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. How do we know that if what we're doing is the flesh or sinful nature? Or how do we know if it's the fruit of the Spirit? There's a beautiful scripture in Galatians that helps us to see this. I'm going to read it really fast and hopefully explain it just a little bit. Galatians 5, 19 through 25 says this. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions. You guys are like, where was my Easter message? <laughs> Factions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, oftentimes I think a list like this seems so far outside of what we can accomplish. Like, if we can be honest in this place, temptation is a very real thing. Life is very real. We live in a very broken world where things happen. We can't explain it. Hurt, pain, sorrow, all these things happen. At the first time even, when we, when we read this first list of the things of the flesh, I think so many times all those things can go over our head. Yeah, I'm, I'm not struggling with those things. Those aren't me. Like when it comes to the flesh, like, yeah, I'm not, that's not me. I'm not going to do this thing. Idolatry, witchcraft, all these things, discord. But I, I think it's important that we highlight this word, and the like. It says all those things and the like. So if it has any relation, if it looks like it at all, 
we will not inherit the kingdom of God. We have to understand this today. When we're talking about the Easter message, when we're talking about what Jesus did on the cross and the power of us relinquishing control to him, we have to understand what this looks like. Brianna loves to ask me the question, do you want the good news or the bad news? I hate when she asks me that question. The reason I hate it is because she never has good or bad news. She just always has news. And it's just like her, ent her entrance into like telling me some news. And I'm like, yeah, but what was the bad news? She's like, there was none. I just wanted to tell you. I'm like, ah, why did you do that? Let's just get rid of the good news and bad news in this society, everyone. But if I were to tell you the bad news and the good news, the bad news is if we live like the first list or anything like it, we will not inherit the kingdom of God in this life or in the next. But we've arrived at the good news, church. Are you ready for the good news? Yeah. The good news is when we give God control of our lives, we then inherit Romans 8, 10, and 11. Somebody needs to get excited right now. Romans 8, 10, and 11. And Christ Jesus lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit. Some of you came in here today just in survival mode, just trying to make it through, just trying to coast through, living on autopilot. But can I tell you the good news of today? The good news of today is the same power that raised Christ from the dead resides inside of you. That same power to overcome sin, the ways of the world, the works of the enemy lives in you. This is the Easter message inside of you. The power. They raised Christ Jesus from the dead. I think we'd all live a little different if we really captured that. Walking with our heads high. Choosing faith over fear. Choosing joy over mourning. Choosing hope over despair. Choosing peace over destruction. Kindness over anger. Love over hate self-control over indiscipline. If we choose today to give God full control and live our lives saying he's still in control. So, since we live by the Spirit, let us stay in step with the Spirit. This is the beauty of the Easter message, that we are to take this message and live in step with it every day of our lives, every day surrendering and giving God control. I'm going to bring the band up as I conclude. I also want to tell you a story. Brianna and I, um, when we first got married, I've probably told this story before, but when we first got married, uh, I was convinced we were going to wait seven years before we had kids, and we were going to only have two kids. We now have four kids, so that's just the reality of our life. And uh, it would have, we would have had like a newborn right now, basically, uh, if we would have waited seven years. So she won. But um, we, we got pregnant with Emerson, and it was a really, really exciting time for us. It's our first son, and uh, we, we actually found out three months into the pregnancy that we were having this baby. And so we were all excited, trying to scramble, get everything ready, and it was a couple weeks after we found out, uh, Brianna started having some complications and started to bleed. 
and it looked a whole lot like a miscarriage. I remember being so fearful. Brianna was very fearful. We had the cell phone number of our doctor and we called him right away, what are we gonna do? And we went into the emergency room and even got the baby checked out and the baby was fine. But I remember that fear, it was so real. Oh man, we thought we were gonna lose this little promised child, this, this little joy that was coming into our lives. Uh, a few months after Emerson was born, uh, we got pregnant with Cove, our second son. And it was, a, it was a couple months into that pregnancy as well. We were actually on vacation in Hawaii. And Brianna started to have the same thing again. There was a lot of fear. And this time I remember it was even stronger and maybe some more pain and all this stuff. And it was like, oh my goodness. She rem I remember her staying back in the hotel room, us calling our doctor again. What are we going to do? And uh, she rested and a couple months later, Cove came. But I remember that fear was so real. Then we had Evelyn, our third child, and they're all 17 months apart. When Evelyn came out, Brianna goes, we're not done yet, we gotta have one more. And so we got pregnant again. And the age gaps were gonna be perfect, 17 months apart. Well, I remember it was probably six, six weeks, seven weeks after we got pregnant with the fourth time, Brianna had a miscarriage. And that was tough. That was really tough. For me, it wasn't as tough going through it, but watching my wife have to go through that and experiencing that pain of that loss. But I watched as Brianna just was full of faith, just rebuking the enemy, rebuking the ways of the world and just saying no. She had faith over fear. And uh, I remember being so proud of her. So she goes, no, we're going to try again. So we got pregnant again. And, and it was five, months, five weeks, sorry. After that pregnancy, we had another miscarriage. That one really hurt. All that fear for all those different pregnancies, now fully a reality. And it was so painful for me, and it was so painful for Brianna. I remember how bad that one hurt. Because we just, we stood up full of faith, believing God. Come on, God, you're going to do this. We're going to get pregnant. We're going to have this baby. And another miscarriage. It was a hard one. You know what I watched? I watched as my wife sitting in a doctor's office where the doctor goes, I think you guys should just be done with the three or you guys should just wait a long time. She basically just rebukes him right there and goes, no, 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 we're gonna try again. We're gonna try again and we're gonna have a fourth baby. That was the last time we met with that doctor, I think. Lack of faith in that guy. But I watched his Brianna in one of the lowest, hardest moments of her life stand full of faith facing fear head on and saying, I will not cave. You know the only way that that's possible? It's not anything she's done, not anything I've done, other than her relinquishing control to God and allowing the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead to live inside of her. So when you're facing hardship, trials, temptations, hurt, pain, Relinquish control. Give it up to God. 
Yes, he is in control, and we can say that with confidence. And yes, church, our response is to give him control and allow that same power that conquered the grave to live inside of us. And you can overcome anything in this life. Everything is possible because of Jesus. You know, the beauty of our story, and you can throw this picture up, I think is our Easter picture today. There's our family this morning, still in our Easter fits. And over there on Brianna's hip is Cece with the tongue out. Perfect little picture of her. And she's the greatest joy. And that next time we got pregnant, Cecilia Meadow came into our lives. Now, I'm not saying I have the answers to everything. I'm not saying that, that you can just push your way through this thing. But how can you overcome disappointment, hurt, pain, this life? Give God control of your life. The same spirit raised Christ from the dead lives in you. He's still in control. If you give him control, he's still in control. So my main thought, really simply, just to wrap it all up. When we relinquish control of our lives to Christ, we live with the same power that conquered the grave within us. Would you stand to your feet? I want to do something a little different right now, and I want to ask you just to simply put your hands out like you're going to receive something. And I want to read this scripture over you. We read it already, but I think it's important today that we carry it, that we own it, and it becomes our own. Go ahead and close your eyes and just receive this today. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and he was raised on the third day according to to the scriptures. So church, this Easter morning, this Easter Sunday, I pray that the greatest story of all time is firm in your hearts. That you're able to be reminded today of the power of this story and how it is alive and active today. And I pray that in response to hearing this story, you can give God control, full control of your lives. With every head bow and eye closed, I want to give the opportunity for someone in here who maybe came and you, you hear me talking about this whole idea of control and you'd say, I haven't even taken the first step into control, into allowing God to control me. I haven't even given my life to Jesus. This is just the entry point. This is just the first step in a lifetime into an eternity with Jesus. Or maybe you've been living a life where you would say that it doesn't resemble the life of of following God and today you want to rededicate your life to Jesus if that's you I'm gonna to count to three and at the count of three I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand and just to just to show me and to make a statement of faith that you want to give your life to Jesus so one know that God loves you so much everything he did is just out of love he wants a relationship with you right where you're at you don't need to change right now you just need to accept the love of Jesus too. Know that today is the day of salvation is what the Bible says. 
You don't need to wait any longer. Right here, right now, would you give God full control of your life? If you want to give your life to Jesus or you want to rededicate your life to him, would you simply raise your hand? Three, that's you. Go ahead and raise your hand. I see your hand. Come on. Come on. I see your hand. Come on. Can we celebrate that in this place, church? No, can we celebrate that? Come on, church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, if you raised your hand, we're going to pray a prayer in just a second. I want to encourage you to pray it like you mean it. Before we get there, I want to give opportunity for us to yet again relinquish control to God. Full control. This should be our daily response. Our daily response to what happened on the cross and what happened when he overcame the grave. Our daily response should be that he's still in control. Every day, every minute, every hour. Because his cross is still free. And we can believe in that today. So would you just raise your hands as an act of surrender. And even in your own words as I pray, would you just relinquish control to him yet again. Lord, because of this message today. Lord, because we know the greatest story ever told. I pray, Lord, that our reaction and that our response would be to give you control of our lives. Lord, we want the same power that conquered the grave to live and reside within us. So help us, God, to give you full control of every single part of our lives. Come on, let's sing this song together. He is still working. He's still moving. Your cross. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.